today, Thursday Finance. It is, of course, fast approaching the uh, end of the financial year. So why don't we take a look at that with Stephen Pritchard? Thursday Finance, Stephen Pritchard with us. And well, things are starting to open up business-wise, but does that actually mean? And the economy's had a good report from the the um, global, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund for Australia. But um, is it actually translating through into the prices of goods and commodities? Uh, yeah, some. Some, some. <laughs> some. Um, the, the gold price is up another seventy-one dollars uh, on the on the so, week. So, 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 so refuge, refuge, mm. yes. So, mm. um, safe haven. So it was up to five thousand. Ah, uh, sorry, two thousand five hundred seventy-six dollars, which is up uh, almost three percent on the week. Um, and the copper price was up one hundred and sixty-two dollars a ton to eight thousand five hundred and two. So the copper is a, an indicator of um, economic activity. So is it? Yeah, okay. Oh, so that thing. would indicate the copper is actually being used. Yeah. yeah well, the things. demand must be going up because price is going up. But copper is used in all sorts of electronics, and you know. Uh, yes, there's been plenty of call for electronics, hasn't there? Yes, yes. Yeah. And of course, the other indicator is the crude oil price, and the crude oil price was actually down forty-seven cents a barrel to fifty. $58.66 Australian um, uh, uh, last night. So so kind of mixed signals there. Gold's up, which is seen as a safe haven. Copper's up, which is used in lots of industrial processes. And the other thing is nickel price is going up too. There's a bit of a run on nickel miners on the ASX because um, that's also used in uh, lithium batteries and bits and pieces like that. So mixed, <laughs> yes. mixed. Um, the Australian dollar, the Australian dollar was up um, uh, up tenth of a cent to 68.65. Uh, Reserve Bank came out during the week and said the Australian dollar's not overvalued. Um, so that's okay. interesting. Um, the, uh, the Great British Pound, we're up uh, 0.2% to 55, 55.29 pence. And the New Zealand dollar, we're up um, uh, half a cent to $1.07. And the euro, we were down... Uh, down to 61.01 euro cents. So generally the currencies are pretty stable, um, mm. pretty stable. Yes, and yeah. favourite, are we up to the ASX We're yet? up to the ASX. So yes. the ASX on the, uh, on the week was uh, up 29.6 to 6,081. Now that's of last night. Now this morning when I left, we were down about 1.5%. So uh, it's so hovering. It's mm. going, it's going. The, the US market was down 700 points last night. So mm. um, the S&P 500 was down 65 points on the week, which is up to last night. Mm-hmm. Closed up, but now we're down... 700 points mm-hmm. overnight, so that's 3,050. Uh, the UK index was up, uh, was down 100 points to 6,123. Um, so basically, the markets around the world are kind of um, mixed messages mm. there, mm. pretty, pretty, um, pretty fragile. I think I don't think it'd take much to. Um, to to uh, see another large correction. Well, there's still a lot of uncertainty in the COVID situation too, and that must have. Oh a well, um, around the world it's getting worse. Yes. Yeah, around the we, we've got more infections than we ever had. Um, fortunately, mm. in Australia, apart from uh, 
Victoria and um, mm. uh, some of New South Wales, um, um, it seems to be under control. Yeah, at the moment, yes. At, at the moment, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. Um, now, what about some of our favourite stocks? Um, favourite stocks are BHP. Now, once again, these are close of business yesterday, which I'm sure they've come down uh, from last night. Uh, biz, uh, BHP was $35.90, which was up 21 cents in the week. CBA 69.24, which was up 23 cents in the week. Uh, NIB was $4.85, which was up $0.08 cents on the week. And Telstra was down $0.03, cents, which was $3.60. Now, I'm sure they will fall in this morning. Um, and the fuel price, uh, unleaded in Newcastle, dollar twenty five, which was up $0.13 cents to the week. Yeah, it's up, isn't it? Yeah, how was yeah. it in the country? Uh, lower. Lower? Yeah. Uh, and the diesel price in Newcastle is $1.25. Oh, sorry, the... The diesel price in Newcastle is a dollar twenty, which is up forty cents on the yes. point four cents on the week. In fact, even the country parts of the Hunter Valley, I think, are, are lower than the city parts, mm. and maybe that's a reflection on uh, more people are buying more petrol in the cities. Uh, who knows? So the price will market price. Oh, I thought, yeah. Seems to be more traffic on the road the last couple That's of weeks. That's exactly right. Yeah, Takes petrol. Takes yes. fuel. Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard and joining us now with our market update from Marcus today, here is Henry Jennings. Hi, Henry. Hi, Stephen. How are you? I'm all right. It's a bit warmer up here today. It's um, it's nice. The sun is out. The sky is blue. Mm, same same can't be said for the market, but no, there you go. No, it's going down. <laughs> it's down down still. Um, yeah, just shy of two percent. The okay. uh, the jobs vacancy numbers weren't particularly good. Yes. So the other interesting thing, and before we talk about a few individual stocks, I've noticed is that a couple of weeks ago, uh, MFF, which is the old Magellan flagship fund, announced that. Uh, They'd uh, sold half their portfolio and are now going to hold 50% of the portfolio in cash, which I think is actually in US dollars. And then I, I was reading uh, a newsletter last week and I noticed that um, uh, Marcus Padley's uh, SMA accounts have been converted to all cash. Yeah. And I thought we might ask you, knowing you, and I even mentioned you in the newsletter, so I thought we'll ask, ask why Henry's doing all this. Um, yeah, well, I guess, Magellan, it's a bigger call for them because they're far bigger than we are. Yes. But um, we, we went to cash again. We, we went to cash in February, late February, when the market started falling, and then we went all in uh, amazingly. I don't know, a stroke of luck, but we went amazingly and all in on the 23rd, 24th of March, which was the low. But we just, we just, I guess it's, it's just being a bit cautious. I'm not sure we're thinking there's going to be a massive crash down to those kind of March levels again. But I think generally our caution is because the, the first wave in the U.S., and everyone talks about the second wave, but let's face it, if you look at the U.S., they've still got a first wave mm-hmm. happening there. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just like rippling out from New York and other epicenters. It's, you know, it's a big country. So um, for us, there were risks. And the, the V-shaped recovery that I guess the market has seen um, isn't being mirrored in the economy, which we're seeing a far less certain recovery. And I, I know it's all very well for the authorities to say, hey, you know, everything's open again. But still, it's a question of confidence for consumers as well. Um, and I think, you know, the, the fact that it's sprung up again in, well, not again, but springing up more in places in the U.S. and in Europe and elsewhere just shows you that I think we're going to have to live with this. And even today, I mean, Qantas, um, you know, sacking 6,000 people, basically parking, you know, a third of their airplanes um, and, and saying international travel is kind of off the agenda for the time being. So 
um, for a long time being. So you can just see that this this virus is going to have a, a far greater and far more in-depth um, problem for the economy than just a quick down and everything goes back to normal again because it's taking a while and it will take a while. We just have to learn to live with it. Yeah, some people are saying you know, two two years, two thousand and twenty three, and things. Yeah, well, the IMF came out last night with some uh, some downgrades again to the global economy, um, and that V shape looks a lot more like a kind of a W shape, and even maybe a even a U with a bit of you know a tail that finishes halfway up. So it's it's going to take a while. I think you know we're just going to have to learn to live with this. Be- even with a vaccine, I know everyone holds out the hope of mm-hmm. a, a vaccine. The, the problem is, you know, even if we get a vaccine, is will people um, will people be able to get vaccinated very quickly? You know, even in Australia, where we have a flu vaccine shot, which is widely available, it hasn't been available for a couple of weeks at times because um, it's just in short supply in certain areas. So it's it's not um, it's not easy. We are going to have to live with this, and it is going to mean that we're all going to be holidaying in Australia. I think that uh, that European and US mm-hmm. trip to Disneyland or wherever is probably off the agenda for the time being, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a brave new world, Stephen, I guess, and it's a brave new world for investors and, uh, and also consumers. Our habits have changed. Yes, yes. Uh, snow opens this week, I think, or has yes. opened, yes. Yes. Well, yeah. uh, but that's, gonna, that's massively expensive. You think, you know, all those people heading down the snow, they've got a pre-booked lift tickets, they've got a, um, you know, it's only 50% capacity on the chairlifts and all that sort of thing. It's gonna, it was expensive enough going for a day at Threadboat. God, it's going to be, it's gonna, you're going to have to sell a kidney, I'd imagine, to, uh, to afford a lift pass for a week. Oh, well, Vince's got to pay the, the board and the directors, I suppose. <laughs> a, a, an, anyhow, um, yeah. um, interesting, the bondholders, um, the bondholders of these note holders have lodged a bid for Virgin as well, involving converting their their um, their notes into equity and um, some money mm. coming in from Singapore, which is all out of the blue. Yeah, I got to say, you know, this still looks like bald men fighting over a comb. To be honest, I mean, mm. everyone's trying to protect their own as much as they can because this has been a suboptimal outcome for everybody. Um, and you know, you look at Qantas today with their 1.9 billion dollar issue, 6,000 people going, and Virgin was, you know, well, Virgin in reality was a, has been a struggling airline for a decade. I don't think it's ever made any money. No. It's, re- it's been dominated by uh, shareholdings from uh, you know, people like um, you know Air New Zealand, although they got out in the nick of time, and you know it's had um, the Singapore government in there and the Middle East interests in there, so. Yeah, I've I got to say, I mean, poor old equity holders are going to get zip, um, that's for sure. But um, I think everyone's just trying to protect their own interest and trying to do some sort of deal. But as we've discussed before, Virgin um, 2.0, uh, probably even 3.0, isn't it, with Virgin? Oh, probably, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to look a very different beast to uh, to Virgin that we saw before coronavirus. And, and certainly, you know, it's going to... It's going to be Sydney, Melbourne, Melbourne, Brisbane, Brisbane, mm-hmm. Sydney kind of operation, um, and even that. When you look at what's happening in Victoria at the moment, is um, is, is not going to be an easy no, flight well, to take. You're not going to want to fly down the Victorian office, are you? Well, I've, I've got the end of financial year party down in Melbourne next week, and and you know it's it's a nice lunch, 
but do I want to fly down there and then risk Gladys or whoever closing the borders or yes. telling me that I've got to stay in my bedroom for two weeks while, um, mm. while, I, while I sniffle and sneeze or if I do sniffle and sneeze. So, um, yeah, I've got to say, it, at the moment, it's looking like um, hold up in New South Wales. Mm. So we might come back in a minute and talk about yeah. um, what's happened at Freedom Food, which is Ugh. very interesting. Ugh. Yeah, it yeah. yeah. was a darling stop. It was. So this was a bit of a lightning bolt here. The the stock gets suspended, or Freedom Food, the stock gets suspended. Uh, the CEO exits, f- followed closely by the CFO, yes. and they're not coming back. No, I think Oscar Wilde had something to say about this. To lose uh, one parent may be considered a misfortune. Uh, to lose two is carelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and to lose a CEO and a CFO is most definitely carelessness. Um, there are some suggestions... And of course, it's kind of um, in the in the media at the moment because we've had this this massive case in uh, in Germany where a, a company called Wirecard seems mm-hmm. to have misplaced around two billion US dollars mm-hmm. down the back of the sofa, which we've talked about. Um, but um, I'm not suggesting that's the freedom food thing, but there has been some suggestions that um, there is something amiss more than just. Um, you know, more than just a bit of a downgrade coming. So it's going to be interesting. They actually have a, um, a conference call uh, with the chairman at uh, 5 p.m. this evening. So I'd imagine that's going to be quite quite well attended, to say the least. Um, and Freedom Food, these guys are in the supermarket. They, they do a lot of um, sort of health products, yep. etc. And they've got a big uh, majority shareholder in the, the Perich family in New Zealand. Um, and there were some suggestions that they would privatise the company and take it private. Um, and that's certainly been a, a story in the past. But this looks as if it is more than just carelessness on the part of management to lose the CEO and the CFO. So there's going to be more to come on this one, that's for sure. It's going to be interesting to see how this, this um, um, conference call goes. I guess to, be, um, to, be, to look on the pessimistic side, the fact that it's at 5 o'clock this evening means that it's relatively, a, a, you know, it's going to be something big-ish so that the market has a time to digest sensitive. it. Market sensitive, you're suggesting. Um, <laughs> it's not going to be good news, is it? Yeah, so I wonder if I can buy some put options. I think that. you've missed. I think that yes. boat sails. Yes, unlike planes flying. Yes, yes. <laughs> and TPG Telecom shareholders voted unanimously to. Yeah, it's um, all it's all on. Uh, um, and so that's wrong. The, uh, the long-awaited merger, I guess, um, between uh, TPG and, uh, and Vodafone. So good news for them. Uh, I think it's good news all round, really. Good news for everybody. It certainly puts them in a better position um, without that. So it remains to be seen how things move from there. But the stock price has certainly done pretty well in the last few weeks. Here we are back up at $8.90, which there was a time back in the dim, dark days of March when it was $6.40. So it's um, it's all looking good. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be um, certainly a better-looking company going forward now that they've... uh, sort of merge these two slightly different operations into one and they can uh, they can concentrate on, on doing what they do well, which is, you know, they're very good marketing guys, the, these guys, TPG. Mm-hmm. They, they've done really well in uh, in promoting their business over the years. So hopefully now they can um, they can kick on. And Woolworths, um, bumper sales, but <laughs> dented costs and profits going to be 20% lower, which isn't yeah. what everyone was expecting. 
Yeah, I guess you know the Woolies is a very defensive stock. They've done pretty well, and we're back to um, we're back to rationing pasta and toilet rolls in Victoria again. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, and I think they're called the army. And in case you try and pick yep. up more too many toilet rolls in one go, they they, they will take you outside. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, the great thing about what is one of the attractions, one of the reasons people were buying it was the uh, demerger of the Endeavour Group, which is the drinks business. And that looks as if that's going to be happening probably late next year. So that's been put off by Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also had an issue with uh, underpayment of staff, uh, which seems to be the gift that keeps on giving for uh, for staff. But um, the other thing that was interesting is they're going to spend about, well, it's just shy of 800 million bucks over the next few years with automated distribution centres. So um, this was interesting. And, of course, you know, Woolies, Coles, all these guys have been relatively stable, I guess, over the last few months um, because of their defensive natures, because they've seen this hoarding effect, people out there um, buying up um, the toilet rolls, the pasta, the rice, the sugar, etc. So... Um, you know, it has been defensive, but there's not a lot of excitement and sizzle about them, especially when Endeavour is, is, is some way off in the future as well. Oh, well, I think we've just about run out of time, Henry. Oh. So we'll, we'll uh, talk to you next week and see see what sizzle happened, at the, whether you got to lunch or not. I think it'll be a Zoom lunch. Yes, thanks, Stephen. Yes, <laughs> you'll have a hamburger and a champagne and I'll be on the good stuff. Maybe, maybe I'll just get Uber Eats and... and Whatever. What, send it up from Melbourne? That'll be a bit cold, right? <laughs> well, I think, they did. I think you just get something from local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Henry okay, Jennings. Thanks, Henry. From Marcus today with our market update. Look, Thursday Finance to a new RFM. Stephen Pritchard. Well, it's coming up a pace, isn't it? The end of the financial year. Yeah, the end year. of the financial year is on the 30th of June. Um, uh, Henry, I'm just, I was just Tuesday? thinking about that. We traditionally have drinks on the... Uh, the 30th of June and go to a club or something, but I don't think we'll be doing that this Zoom year. Zoom drinks. Zoom drinks. <laughs> Zoom well, drinks, Zoom yeah. food. So, yeah, so I'm just thinking about it. I don't yeah. think we will be going anywhere. Yes. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, I think a lot of these functions that people used to go to, we're all going to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, um, 30th of June's Tuesday, so there's a few things you probably need to look at. Um, um, there's um, COVID-related stuff, which I kind of mentioned last week, but we'll Come with some learning in this week. Um, so the superannuation hardship provisions. If you want to access your super for hardship, um, ten thousand prior to thirtieth of June and ten thousand after thirtieth of June. You've got to have your application in by Tuesday. Otherwise, you'll only be able to get one lot after the thirtieth of June. So right. you can't fiddle around. Now you need to do that on the MyGov site. ATO processes the application, sends it across to the superannuation fund, and then sends you the money. Now it's my understanding that it's the day you are you. Um, Lodge application with MyGov is the date that it counts, not the date you actually get the money. So I assume you can lodge it on Tuesday mm. and still get the 10000 for this year and the 10000 if you want to. You yeah. want to. Um, once again, um, if you've got any spare money and want to top up your superannuation contributions, you've got to, uh, well, you're probably running out of time there. I'd make sure that you got that in on, on Friday because it mm. actually has to be received by the fund. Um, so just because you bill pay it, um, on Tuesday at midnight doesn't mean it's received by the fund that night. So there's lots of case on that. To get the deduction actually has to be received in the fund's bank account. So um, you can claim up to your maximum concessional contributions if you're eligible, um, which is 25000 That includes your employer super guarantee and any personal contributions you can put in. So you need to 
to take a bit of care there as to what um, you make sure you don't breach your maximum if you're looking for a tax deduction. Then, of course, there's charities. The charities are always after after money. Mm. Um, mm. People uh, seem to be becoming more discerning about which charities they're supporting and which they're not. Um, a couple of things. To get a tax deduction that the, the, the needs to be over $2, you need to make sure that the charity you're giving to is a deductible gift recipient. So there's some registers. Uh, there's DGR1s and DGR2s. Um, provided they've got one of those numbers, um, you need to get um, 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 those numbers to get a tax deduction. The other thing is, um, if you want to know where the money's going, a lot of the charities now have to lodge annual reports with the National Australian Charities Commission. Um, not a bad idea to have a look at those, particularly if you think of making a substantial donation, just to see where your money's going. Um, Good idea. It is interesting when you look at some of those charities and how much money they're actually sitting on. Mm. You know, mm. hundred million is not unusual. Mm. Um, some of the well-known ones have got hundreds of millions of cash reserves they're sitting on. So have a look at those if you're thinking of giving a substantial amount. And, of course, there's work-related expenses you can claim for coming up to the end of the year. Um, if you need to buy some things for work, um, to, you need to buy them prior to the 30th of June. If you want to claim the depreciation on stuff such as computers and desks and, you know, home office equipment. Um, you need to buy them prior to the 30th of June, um, tools. And, of course, this year um, the tax office has issued a special ruling on home office expenses. Mm-hmm. If you're working for home, you need to calculate the number of hours that you've worked at home and um, there's a set rate per hour, which I think is now 80 cents. So um, so the simplified method, you don't have to apportion all the electricity bill. You just have to keep a diary of how many hours you've actually worked from home and then that's the amount you can claim, but you do have to be able to justify those hours, which yes, shouldn't be that keep hard. Keep a diary, yes. Keep a diary, or your work, your work, your work timesheet counts as a diary. You're assuming you know you're working at home. Um, investments. Um, look at rebalancing your investment portfolios. Um, bear in mind your tax positions um, when you're, you're doing that. And one of the other things is look at your superannuation options and investments. Um, most uh, the super funds have various investment options. Um, you know, a lot of people don't kind of look at these. They just put them in. I, you know, now's not a bad time to pull out the PDS or contact your fund, have a look at your super investment options and make sure you're in the investment option that that suits your risk profile and age to retirement. So have a look at those. Now's a good time. We're talking about end of financial year right at the moment on Thursday Finance on 2 and URFM. And we've taken a look at some of the things you can think about on a personal level. What about on a small business level, Stephen Pritchard? Well, a small business level, there's a, there's a few things that, uh, you know, the usual stuff that we'll go through, plus there's some additional COVID stuff, which we spoke about last week. But, um, you know, your JobKeeper payments, you can still register for JobKeeper, provided your turnover has dropped by 30% on your test period. Um, so you need to go back and revisit that, particularly if your turnover is down 20%. Have a look at the alternative tests and see if you can um, get across the line there. And once you're across the line, you continue to get that. Now, JobKeeper also applies for uh, self-employed um, people as well. So have mm. a look at that. Um, then there's a state government grant of $10,000 to assist people, um, business people. Um, that closes on the 30th of June. So, you, you know, you're going to have to be quick to get your application in for that. But... You know, we've had a few people apply for that and got it, so it wasn't that difficult. Um, um, you know, they basically did themselves. I just had a quick look 
favourite, so that, so it wasn't difficult to do. Um, that's on the um, 30th of June, that closes. And then on the 1st of July, um, there's a new state government initiative of $3,000. Um, I'm not sure when you can start applying for that, but it's available on the 1st of July, and that's to help you um, reopen your business, and that's for things like, can be used for things like advertising, staff training, social media. So that's probably worthwhile um, having a look at. And for those businesses that are that are, and there are some that are that are, um, you know, going okay, um, and looking at new plant and equipment, um, and you know, particularly if you had a good you know first half of the year and you made plenty of money, and you're not so good the second half of the year. Um, you want to buy some new plant and equipment. There's a hundred and fifty thousand write-off for plant and equipment that's installed and ready for use prior to the thirtieth of June. Now that was due to end on the thirtieth of June, but the government's now said that's going to last another year. But still, if you want the deduction in this year. Um, you know, buy. You would need you know. to do it before now, next Tuesday. Yeah, there's other things you could buy that's less than thirty, like you know, less than the hundred fifty, like a forklift and things like that for your business. Um, new computer system, favorite, um, you know, iPads and notebooks if you can find any or monitors. Um, you get an immediate tax deduction in off those in the current year, so they're worth where they're worthwhile looking at. Um, and then there's motor vehicles. Be careful. I mean, I've, I've had some dealer phone me up twice this week. Be careful on motor vehicles because, you know, even if the vehicle costs 150000 you're limited to the vehicle. The, the deduction is limited to the, to the depreciation cost limit, which is about 57000 So if you think you're going to get a deduction of 150000 for your new um, Mercedes or whatever, um, you're not. You're right. not. So this $150,000 write-off, is that available for just one item costing that much? No, or? no, you can have – that's the maximum per item. Maximum right. per item. Yeah, so it okay. has to be a complete um, – so if the item costs $150,000, has to be a complete item, right? You can't you can't buy, um, say, a $300,000 truck and then try and get an invoice for the tyres and an invoice for the engine. And it has to it has to be a complete item that's fully functional. So a maximum of $150,000. So you can't add up two or three smaller cost items? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, you can get multiple times. You can. Right, so you, so you can have um, each item – the maximum – Cost of the items one hundred and fifty, but you can have an item for twenty, an item for thirty. Um, you can have two items for one hundred and forty. Mm-hmm. Um, um, mm-hmm. So um, you can, yeah. There's just a the piece of plant and equipment can't be more than one hundred and fifty, and it has to be fully operational. It can't be part of something you you need for something else. Right, and if it costs more than that, then there's... You just get the normal depreciation, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so you get the depreciation right. time. So, so I suppose we should be saying good luck with all your inter-financial Good luck stuff. with all your financial I mean, you know, um, pre-payments, pay mm. your, if you're looking for tax deductions, pay your subscriptions in advance. Yeah. Um, remember the 13-month rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they've run out of time here, Jane. We're heading that way. Well, happy end of financial year, Stephen Pritchard. And that's Thursday Finance See you next rule. year, Jane. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.